Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Jokes with Mark Simmons, the podcast where I chat to another comedian about jokes they can't get to work. As always, I am joined by producer Joel. Hey, Mark. Not as always. Oh. We weren't here last week, producer Joel. We weren't, and I, Where, I would like what, to extend... What have, you, what, have you, what have you got to say for yourself? I would like to extend my <laughs> sincerest apologies to both you and uh, the listener. Um, last last week was... I said, no, I don't accept yet. Explain yourself okay. first. Last week was maybe the busiest week of my life. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was saying to you just before we started recording, I've never felt this tired before. Um, and why? Why? Because why? of the Euros? So uh, last week I went to northern ireland with my girlfriend's family yeah uh, this is one this is another thing i want to pick about pick, talk to you about joel why well, you didn't tell me about this yeah i'd sort of forgotten about it as this well is, to be honest this is this is, I, I messaged you i said are we doing the podcast and you went you said i think you said about not being about being busy and then you're in northern ireland yeah but, but uh, the thing about going to northern ireland is it's still part of the uk it's not like you know if i was in essex i wouldn't text you to be like I'm in Essex, you know, it's not, I, I sort of feel like I, I was still sort of doing work, you know, like it didn't, anyway, so I was in Northern Ireland. Well, you weren't, were you? Not for us. Uh, no, that I was doing it for the people that pay me. Money. Um, <laughs> and um, I... Uh, not, not, not for the love. That that as well. Um, and I, uh, so I was in Northern Ireland and we were seeing lots of my partner's family and doing all that sort of stuff, but I was also having to manage... Um, a football podcast that I work on, Guardian mm-hmm. Football Weekly, which is the biggest football podcast, and it's the biggest. They, ha- they haven't paid. They haven't paid for an advert. It's, so. it's the biggest football podcast during the biggest time in any of our lives for the English football club, English football, England national team. Yes. And I was in on sort of a half holiday while WhatsApping oh, no. anywhere between thirty and forty people simultaneously about the shows, and you know, there's like four whatsapp groups about that show and also trying to organize and england just kept progressing <laughs> and so so annoying got, oh i was just i was begging for them to lose to ukraine um no no no, it was really really exciting um why were you working till 5 30 a.m the next day so that was on sunday that so that yeah we record the show after the game right and on sunday we all watched the final together and then recorded and then I had to get an Uber on Sunday through London, which had sort of become a war zone. Um, 
Uh, <laughs> and uh, actually, oh, do you know what? So I got home at one thirty in the morning to then start editing. Um, and I got home at one thirty in the morning. And I had to bring all the kit back. And I got out of my Uber and I had all the kit in this box. In, and I was in the street at one thirty in the morning and the box just collapsed. And all of the kit just fell onto the street. No. And I, I just wanted to... With all the beer bottles. Exactly. And I, I just wanted to scream into the air. Like, I just couldn't believe it. Like, I was about to go home to effectively start work oh, at 1.30am. No. Um, and I started to do loads of little shuttle runs from the street to the lifts in my building. And it was I was just so stressed oh. out. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Okay, Joel. I've, I've, heard, I've heard your story. Yeah. And I've decided... Not to fire you. Oh, phew, what a relief. Yes. Joe, we have been, we worked it out earlier, two years and four months yeah. without missing a single week. Yeah. I think I think we can allow you to have that day That's off. so kind. Thank you. And I hope the listeners can extend that sort of kindness to me as well. At Joel underscore Grove. Let him know what Just you think. Just one word, forgiven yeah. or other word, or unforgiven. Or unforgiven. Yeah. <laughs> Unforgivable. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, well, okay, fair enough. That's that's all right then, Joel. Um, I, I mean, that's been that's you. That's you, isn't it? That's uh, where where did you watch the game? I, I don't want to delve too much into football because it's depressing. On Sunday, but yeah, I watched it at Max Rushton's house, who is the host of oh, Football Weekly, and yeah. with um, the panel, Charlie Baker. No, Ellis James was there though. Oh, cool. Which was fun. I mean, not oh. that fun because he he was sort of didn't really- want England to win. Oh, yeah. so he was happy. Well, he he, he was end. pretty professionally restrained, but there was there was like <laughs> a twinkle in his eye when Saka missed that penalty. Oh, yeah. oh no! Anyway, anyway, well, well I've, I've had a good week, Joel. Thanks for asking. What's been happening? I've been gigging loads. I was on the road from Thursday to Sunday. Nice. Um, finished off at the um, Cambridge Comedy Festival, which cool. was really fun. It's outdoor festival with. Loads of great comics on. It's nice hanging out with everybody. Yeah. Really fun. Yeah. So I've I got a little skip in my step. And uh, yesterday, well, as of yesterday, you're now talking to Mr. Double Jab. Woo! Yeah. Well done. I've got, de- I've, got, I've got a dead left arm today. Have you? Yep. Eight weeks to the day, mate. And well done, mate. After. Well done. I can, only, I, I can only get my first jab this week. You haven't had your jab yet? No, because I got COVID, didn't I? And you can't have oh, so you can't have a that's jab. Basi- that's, that's basically a really strong jab, yeah, isn't you it? You can't have the jab for like 30 days after your isolation or something. So I can only get it. Really? So I'm getting it this week. Yeah. Oh, exciting. Oh, it is good exciting, stuff. Yeah. Well done, Joe. Um, so we apologise for not putting anything out last week, but this is a really good episode this oh, week. Yeah. And over at patreon.com forward slash jokes with Mark, we have got another two podcasts for you to listen to we've got 361 jokes five at a time and the extra podcast with today's guest um so what more do you want that's great is it loads of stuff to listen to um joe mark who have we got on this week today we have the amazing liz melee yes we have check it out Did you find that there are any sort of countries that it didn't work? Um, or does it all translate pretty well? I'm I'm really fortunate. And it actually, you know how you kind of learn about yourself in like reverse? Like in no way mm. would I have ever thought, like as somebody that's always kind of felt 
alone or like a freak or like there's something wrong with her. Like it was very interesting to find out that my stand up and how I talk about stuff was very relatable. Like I talk about my feelings and I talk about, you know, just being not connecting with people. And it was somehow because I wasn't, and it was funny. It was one of the reasons why I wasn't very successful in the US is I don't really talk about a lot of cultural references. I'm not really, I'm not talking about the news. I'm not talking, I would literally be like, uh, this happened to me and it sucks and I hate my life. And like, yeah. I was very much just talking about stuff that happened to me, why I felt the way I did. And in a weird, like psychological way, pulling back the layers, not only learning about myself, but kind of teaching other people about them. And especially as I gotten more into therapy. So honestly, because I was talking about human experiences mm. and human emotions, I've been everywhere from, you know, Pakistan to, you know, uh, Malaysia to Switzerland. And I haven't really had to change much. Oh, really? Yeah. I How was Pakistan. Who are you playing to in Pakistan? It was clearly wealthy locals, but, but right. locals nonetheless. So almost everybody in the audience would be like, Oh, you're from New York. I, you know, I went to NYU for college. Oh, have mm. you ever been to Boston? That's where my nephew went to college. Like, it's clearly the the, uh, the yeah. it, and even the Booker, like he was showing us around um, um, uh, Karachi, and he would point out houses, and he's like, "Oh, that's a ten million dollar house." I was like, "Oh, I thought I could afford somewhere in Pakistan." Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, it was it was a level of. Um, it was a level of poverty I've never seen in my entire life. Like it was mm. definitely like culture shock. I got the sickest I've ever been. That's the other thing. If I puke I... in your country, I will also remember. <laughs> um, but um, it was such a cool experience. And um, uh, the Booker, the Booker is from Pakistan, but he lives in Singapore. So he actually ended up uh, years later helping me put together a whole uh, Asian tour. Mm. Um, but it, it was one of the coolest experiences. Like, you know, English is the national language, so there's no real barrier there. I think the only restraint is we couldn't really talk about religion. I don't talk about religion. Yeah. You know, I had the same, but when I went to Dubai, they said don't talk about anything at all religion related. But like, yeah. I just do one liner, so I, I have nothing anyway. Yeah. So you're so like, great. Fine. I have cat jokes. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you have stray cats. I have jokes about them. Let's do this. <laughs> like, I've, I've been really fortunate because I talk about relationships. I talk about, you know, mm. and like, it's funny. I did a corporate gig um, via Zoom a couple months ago and really strict, like couldn't curse. And I was like, and I always ask, like, what are your language and topic restrictions for, for like corporate? And, yeah. and I was like, oh, can I say shit? Because most people don't care. And she's like, you can't say suck. And I was like, <laughs> whoa. I was like, we're going like third grade, like limited. <laughs> And so it was two different corporate gigs and they were a month apart and I do the first one and it seemed like it went well. And then I get notes that are like, you can't say uterus, which keep in mind, I use the word uterus because she didn't want you to talk about sex. And I was like, that's fine. I use the word uterus in a ghost joke in a very like, like not sexual way. Like just, we have uteruses. What she said, no uterus. And then I had jokes about going through a breakup during the pandemic. And she was like, these people are all adults and they don't want to hear about your breakup. And I was what? like, I was like, I, I, it's, I was so fucking mad. And the, it was the booker of a comedy club that had booked me for this corporate and he's my friend and I'm just venting to him. He's like, Liz, I don't agree. And I was like, I know you don't agree, but like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you pretending like these people, A, have never gone through a breakup and B, yeah. 
just don't want to hear about anybody's situation. <laughs> you want me to tell jokes about changing diapers? Also, they were, they were first responders. <laughs> so it's like, do you think they want to hear about COVID? Or like, I just like, mm. fuck off. Like, and it went fine. It made me so angry. <laughs> I, I did a, I did, um, have you ever done a cruise gig? It's funny, I wanted two years ago because I heard it was really good money. And yeah. then I got an agent in the pandemic and a couple months ago they go, hey, if you say no, we'll never bring it up again. But do you have any interest in cruises? And I was like, I read four articles about how they let their staff die. I will never do a cruise again. Oh. I read so many articles <laughs> about how no rules apply to cruises, even if they're American. Yeah. Once you're in the sea, they just don't give a fuck about their. I will never do a cruise. Yeah, I well, I won't, but for different reasons. But I'll take your reason as well. Now that's a good. That's a good. That's a good one. Cause, My cause one was because you're your your yeah. kitchen staff. I, I, yeah. to them. they don't give a fuck about you. No, it was horrible. But but also they had really strict rules because of the old people. Yeah, and and they said because you're of not the old people. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I had I had about four people fall asleep during my set, um, just because they're old. Um, yeah. But but I accidentally said shit once, and there were walkouts, and I got chewed out afterwards wow. for saying the word shit. And I'm like, these people were in the war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? How can they not deal with the word shit? Also, it's... like, are you not watching television? Like, yeah. it's yeah. it's one thing. <laughs> I get that if we're in church, you know what I mean, or like hmm. it, like there's certain places that I understand, but it's like cursing i mean it's on t-shirts it's you yeah. you walk like sometimes i get mad at myself because i swear to god i have a track record of like whenever i'm ranting and cursing it's always a kid is like right in front of me <laughs> like it just it just always happens and then i got to a point where i'm like i'm not teaching them anything but i'm not teaching them how to make a bomb you know yeah. i'm not teaching them like it's just venting it doesn't mean anything and some of them won't even know what it means they don't even know what it is Really I know are. what it means half the time. Yeah. Like somebody teaches you a curse word and you're just like, I don't know. My mom said it when she was angry and I'm angry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, so did, so when you were doing the gigs abroad, did you ever have, did you have to sort of change anything like references that you'd use? Did you like, because I did a couple of gigs in Canada and then I just, I didn't think about it at all before I did it. And I'd say something about Tesco and they just, the joke wouldn't work because they have no idea what Tesco is. So then I had to go through everything with a Canadian friend and go, oh, they understand this, they don't understand that. Yeah, it's funny. I had a friend um, open for me in New York when he was in town this couple of years ago. And he said squash, like he was talking about like, like drink, the drink. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I know what that is because I've spent so much time in the UK. But I was like, nobody knows what the fuck you're talking about. I was like, you need to say juice or, you know what I mean? Or some kind of like concentrate. But like, yeah. but it was like, it it was such a reference that like, and it's a brilliant joke, but it, it, he couldn't like, and, I, and he was like, ah, I think I'm gonna keep it. I was like, then just don't do the joke because there's mm. no, no one here knows what squash is. Like, I remember being like, even after it was explained, I needed somebody to make me a drink. Cause I was like, what are you talking about? Um, <laughs> So I did Edinburgh. I always have to throw it away. Did you do the? You did the full run, did you? I did uh, five years ago. Whenever Brexit oh, yeah. was, because that's oh uh, yeah. Because I paid for my venue when it mm. was a one point six exchange rate. Then Brexit 
fucking made all the things go down and I got my money back. I lost so much money. I knew I was going to uh, lose money. Which but... which did you play? Which venue? I did the underbelly. Okay, it was like, yeah. It was like a 60 seater. It was really it was it was good. It was fun. It was important. It, I'm glad I did it. I hope to never do it again. Um <laughs> at least not if I'm famous and somebody does all the work, but I did everything myself and it was there are loads of American comics say this about Edinburgh. I think I was just yeah. Mark Maron and he was saying like he had an, a terrible time and would never do it. But it's, I think he had a worse time than you did by the sounds of it. Yeah, I did so much research. I'm such a, um, I'm like such a nerd when it comes to this stuff. And I, I like business and it was mm. such a calculated decision um, that I interviewed every American comic I knew that had done it. And then every UK comic. And it was important to get the American because the UK people are like, you guys are like minions that have been brainwashed. You're like, you got to do it. You got to do it every year. And it doesn't matter if you didn't write a new app. Like, you're just like, (laughs) it doesn't matter if you lose your life savings every year. Like, Mm. it's just insane to me to the point where I've talked to UK. I was like, just do it every other year. They're like, but you should do it every year. I'm like, why though? It's like a scam that you guys can't get out of. Um, I, I, I did it properly one year. And I didn't lose crazy money because I didn't go in with all the heavy marketing or anything like that. And then I did the free fringe by accident one year with a friend. Um, uh, I don't know if you know Sean Walsh. We did a double act together um, yeah. on the free fringe, just a fun show one year. And it was so fun. And we got money in the bucket. And it's like, oh, we've made we made money this year. Insane. Like, yeah. So since then, I did my solo shows every year on the free fringe. And yeah. every, it's always busy. You, that's the thing. It's always busy. You never have to worry about playing to hardly anyone. You get money yeah. in the bucket. You get that feeling that people appreciate the show straight after because yeah. however much they pay. Yeah, it's great. So I, I haven't done the paid fringe for a long time. Yeah, and I think um, I applied to both and I'm glad, you know, I the underbelly, it was really, I think being an American, being a woman, um, uh, having the few contacts and people know who I am because I had been touring Europe for a couple of years beforehand. Mm. I got a good PR person, but I I got pressed before I even got there. I was in mm. some contests and I got pretty far. So I was I I did decent. I'm not saying I didn't have some like seven people in an audience shows, mm. but I I was very fortunate and I was still exhausted and still never want to do it again. Um, yeah. it, it's just. Did also, you do lots of other shows on the same on the day as well? Did you shit just, tons? Yeah. yeah. So I did yeah. I did it's, my show. It's hard, isn't it? every day at six. Then I was on a showcase show where I did 20 minutes every night, a couple hours later. And then Mm -hmm. I did daytime shows and I would exit flyer. So it was, I was, it was summer camp. It was cool. I made friends, you know, whatever, whatever, but I did everything myself and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even do it. If somebody did it for me, I would have to be famous. I would have to be Mm -hmm. walking away with money because it's, it's also the law of diminishing returns. Like the first week, you're like getting the hang of stuff. The second week, you're like, I've never known my act better. I'm mm-hmm. you know, coming up with tags. You feel like a genius. And then it starts to be like robotic. And then it's like suicidal. Like it's just, it, I think two and a half weeks is really what it should be. Like nobody oh, needs yeah, to yeah. say their and shit I, every day for a month. And I, I think it should be about 40, 45 minute shows. Like I don't think it needs to be an hour. Those venues are so uncomfortable. By the time they get to the last sort of 10 minutes, the audience just really just want to get out of there as quick as possible yeah yeah it's one of those things it's been quite good with covid i suppose in that sense because having missed two years it's gonna feel quite fresh when we go back and it's gonna feel fresh and also you guys are gonna save money Mm. like not that you're making a lot of money with us all being indoors but like 
it, it's, I don't think I'm such a business sense comic to me being in that, that rat race of every year you have to do it. Like it's financially crippling. You, you almost, um, the same way that like, we have things set up to keep people in poverty in the U S it almost feels like it keeps, um, UK comics in this like mental trap of you can only make it at, at the fringe, which is like how many people are really getting attention at the fringe, like four people. Like, mm, so yeah. you have hundreds and hundreds of comedians throwing money into this thing with just hope. Hope is the only thing that's like yeah. keeping them afloat. And then if it doesn't work out, there's like, well, we'll hope for next year and I'll get better next year. And like, yeah. and everybody like, whenever I do something that I think I have low stakes in, I go, how can I get the most out of this? Even if I'm being used, like, how can I use them back? And mm. then I, then I figure out, was this worth it? It was absolutely worth it for me to do it that one year, but I cannot justify. And I got an agent out of it. Like the second to last day I had an agent pick me up. And then every year they're like, are you going to do it again? And I was like, why would I do it? And I was honest when they picked me up, I was like, I hope to never come back here. <laughs> Because I don't, as an American especially, I don't see the benefit. Mm. And I just, I didn't do the like one woman, one man show thing. I don't know if you're similar with doing one liners. Like I, my act has an arc and my, the hour that I performed had an arc and I turned it into an album, but it's, it's still, it's storytelling, but in joke form. Yeah. So you, you did an hour of stand up rather than. Yeah. Like you guys call it the American hour. Show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm kind of fortunate because I had a bunch of friends that they're like, I, they were ready to do something with their hour. And now mm. it doesn't feel after a year yeah. and a half of this, it, it, they feel disconnected, but I think the audience would feel disconnected. Like even one of the newer jokes I had, and it's weird to say this, but anytime I always say like two years ago, because think of our, all our jokes were like yesterday and last week. I can still do that sometimes. On Zoom, I would do that sometimes. I go, yes, I was in a restaurant the other day. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I had a joke about knowing that I was in my 30s because I went to seven weddings last year. Okay. And I had started that in, like, January. But then I had to be like, I know I'm in my 30s because two years ago I went to. And people accept it, but I mm. hate it. Like, I can't wait to, like, get a little bit away because I have yeah. a friend that's a wedding videographer and she's busy as all fuck like every girl is like we need to get married now yeah, yeah, <laughs> i've been yeah, engaged yeah. for like three years <laughs> <laughs> uh so that's, that's cool so out so so you've got quite a lot of stuff down have you that you had they couldn't quite get to work out of the new ideas because you were doing that show regularly on zoom oh yeah i have so much because i every for a while every two weeks and then every month i would have to have three new jokes and i don't work that fast I don't know mm. how you were. I mean, probably different. You, well, you, so you for a joke isn't probably the same as me for a joke. Is exactly. you, yours joke a bit? Would it's you a, say it's a whole it's a whole yeah. bit? Yeah, and mm. it's a it's a it's a, a lot of times I tell stories, and I've really noticed with editing my own videos and putting stuff online, I my two and a half minutes. Like it's weird to know your own. To, oh. Almost every single joke of mine is exactly two and a half minutes. Somewhere inside of me, a joke is done at two and a half minutes. That's strange. That's annoying so, for TikTok, though, isn't it? And those, very much those so. Things. I'm yeah. extremely long-winded, and so I and so there's jokes in it. So my mm. my setups are usually pretty funny, and then there's clearly a middle, 
that could end there, but I'm such a, you can tell I talk too much. I'm such a like, and another thing, like, you know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, yeah. because my natural state is to over explain and my natural state is to like, almost if we, if we were at a party, I would just keep getting closer. You know what I mean? To prove yeah, yeah. a point. And they'd be like, why is this tiny woman, like a spider that's just sneaking up on me? But I, I talk too much and I'm aggressive. Just like, I didn't realize how American I was until I left. So when, when you say you talk too much, would you, so when you, so when you do your stand up, do you like the fact that your stand up is matching your natural personality or will you watch it back and go, I talk a bit too much. Maybe I should shave that bit here or that bit there. Or do you like it being natural to you? So I started really deadpan because I, I started when I was 16. So I was scared. I, you know, I'm dyslexic. So my brain works a little slower. Like my brain works slower than my mouth and I would fumble mm. a lot and you can't really fumble punchlines. So it's taken me like over 10 years to match like offstage Liz with onstage Liz. Really the only thing that I'm really changing is I can give too much information and you don't need that. So a lot of times the first ideation of a joke is just too much. And so, and I can see it sometimes when I'm writing it and be like, nobody needs to know this, Liz. Um, and then also I curse a lot and I actually take, I try to take as many curse words out. Like mm. the original version of the story, like if you were my girlfriend, I'd be like, this fucking guy came up to me and I told him I'll fucking murder your family. <laughs> and by the time I do it, I say something with the same essence, but less curse words. Yeah. Do you, our audience is, because over here, I mean, it's not everyone, but quite often if someone swears too much in their act, your audience members will go, oh, they swear a bit too much. Like in the States, does that get picked up on as much? Because I, I find that when I watch American com American comics, you seem to be able to talk about things a bit more openly and like like dark topics or anything that triggers over here, you're better off not even saying it because you'll lose an audience. But in yeah. the States, it seems not so bad. And I noticed that a little bit in the UK, but I think in some ways I get away from it. Be I get away with it because I'm American and because they're mm. like, well, she was raised wrong. So it's not her fault <laughs> that she's like this. Um, especially as a woman, and I read really young, like people don't really know my age until I, I say it on stage. Um, I can get a little, like I can see a little bit like, oh, this girl's crazy. Like, um, <laughs> But I think we do get away with it. And we have really set up that on stage specifically, anything goes. Like mm -hmm. if you're coming to comedy, if you're coming to a comedy club, you know, don't be, you know, don't bring your like, you shouldn't talk about that because we're going to. So um, I have a friend that's really dark. Like my friend Adrian's like really, really dark. Um, she's brilliant. She's on um, uh, Netflix degenerates. So degenerates on Netflix specifically is for uh, people yeah. that can say whatever mm. they want and talk about dark topics. Her set is almost exclusively about pedophilia and school has shootings. She, <laughs> has she ever had uh, has she ever had issues getting booked for, with certain clubs because of those absolutely. topics? Right. Absolutely. So it's the same she's, over there with that. Yeah. Yeah. She's absolutely. But most of the clubs, like she's a brilliant writer and she's beloved. So most of the clubs here book her, and then she's not doing corporate stuff like that. Mm. She, she, like, I can take out all the curse words of my stuff and still work pretty well. Her topics are just so aggressive that, <laughs> yeah. so, um, but she's done late night. Like she, she doesn't mm. curse nearly as much as I do. So it's really like, if you're okay with the topics. Yeah. Yeah. But she, I mean, she's talked about not everything she does is to, to push buttons, but, um, 
she works and she works a lot, but yeah, there are certain doors that are closed to her because of what she talks about. I also think if she's committed to talking about that sort of thing, once they buy into her, they're they're there, aren't they? Because yeah. I find because with one with the one liners, if I then write one joke that is on a dodgy topic. It, they get, they get, they get sort of they go oh no that's we're not expecting that from you you just did some silly jokes about a shark what are you talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. Do, do you know what I mean yeah but if you if you like say like Anthony Cheselnik like he obviously that is him and that he commits so much to it that once you're in with it yeah you, you sort of you, you don't mind what he's talking about absolutely and it's mm. it's it's I'm trying to think like a good example it's it's almost like having a rated R, like, you know, it's going to be, there's going to be some sex in it. There's going to be some cursing, gonna yeah. be some cars flipping. Like <laughs> you just, you know, to what to expect. So you can't be offended or upset when it's Anthony, it's Anthony Jeselnik. Mm. You already know what you're yeah, getting yeah. into. Have you had any bits that, that you tried that were a bit too dark that don't suit you or they didn't buy it from you or that you had um, to drop? I've had bits that I've really, I've had to work exceptionally hard on. Like before the pandemic, I had this one bit that's the longest it's taken me to work on it. And it's, it's got only like about a 70% success rate, but it's does pretty well. But it's, I now have like two jokes about just my mom being abusive and I've seen it done bad. I've seen people talk about child abuse or just their parents hitting them or whatever. And people are like, "Mm, we don't want to really hear about your, cause I, I professionally tell sad jokes. Like if I mm. bomb, people are going, oh, like they're not like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing is like, I don't want all, I want ha ha ha. Like, oh my mm. God, your life sucks. <laughs> like, so <laughs> I, you know, but if you take, if, if you read it without the punchlines, I'm telling you about breakups and how I feel mm. lonely or like, you know, what I talk about is really sad, but I br- build humor out of it. So when I talked about, my, so basically, it's doing decent now, but it took so long. My mom is a competitive power lifter. Uh, okay. <laughs> so she started in her 60s. So my mom has deadlifts 303 pounds. I have no idea what that is in stones. Just know. It's, it's a lot. Yeah, I probably, I weigh a little over 100 pounds. So she lifted it's, up three it's like a, It's like an average wrestler size. It's cute. My mom is like yeah. my size. Um, so she started, she's done CrossFit and stuff like that for years, but she started competitively, uh, powerlifting. And so I build up this joke about how badass my mom is, which she is. And I'm friends with my mom. My mom's wonderful, but I really build her up and talk about what a badass she is. And then I go, but I feel like I could have predicted this because she was incredibly abusive. Most of my childhood. Oh God. So strong. Why do we let her get stronger? It feels like a mistake. (laughs) And then I talk about how miserable she was. She had five kids. She didn't want us. She's told us. And I go into this thing and I start building up and I talk about like, these weird inside jokes we had because she was continually throwing stuff and yelling stuff and saying like, you know what I mean? And, and, and then I talk about pretty much a, like, I have like a kind of murder your kids joke at the end. And it took a long time to like, the turn is really dark and sad. Mm. Then I'm admitting that my mom did not love us and did not want us. And then I talk about a joke about my mom joking about killing us. It's, it's like fucked up on fucked up on fucked up. It has to happen. I it's almost my third to last joke when I do an hour. I, I was just I was literally just about to say I'm guessing it's right towards the end. Once exactly. And I also you. build up my mom. Like I have all these jokes about how fun and if you know my act, my I have three hours out. 
I have another joke about her being a little abusive, which I checked with her. I was like, mom, I say some f honest but fucked up stuff about you. She goes, I'll just pretend it's someone else. I go, mom, we have the same face. <laughs> like everybody knows it's you. It's not like I'm saying my friend, Sarah, like, you know what I mean? It could be anybody. Yeah. So she's okay with that, is she? Like, so my mom, you... she has a brilliance. I have her sense of humor. I have her rantiness. Mm. Like, if you met her, she's very shy. Like, she would. It would take years for her to like open up. And like, I've had my roommate Chris has come home for Christmas and Thanksgiving for like ten years, and only in the last couple of years has I feel like she started to like be herself around him. Um, and she's a good person. She's wonderful. She just. She had a mm. shitty childhood. She did not want us. You know what I mean? She loves us. She loves us now. We don't. She doesn't have to do anything. But yeah, yeah. I, I learned to accept how everything went down. She's grown. You know, she could still mm. probably hurt me. She's very strong. Um, oh, yeah. But <laughs> I think in general, and I don't know. We don't talk on that level, but we're we are very close. I she she likes humor she thinks it's funny everybody that worked with my mom was both scared of her and thought she was the funniest person in the room like um i i don't know why because my dad isn't the same way my dad is extremely sensitive hates almost everything i talk about appreciates that i'm funny but like mm. has had a really hard time seeing my stuff because i'm very honest about my flaws i'm very honest about our family's flaws um we have like a saying in the us like keeping up with the joneses Oh, uh, yeah. Do you guys have I've, that? I've, I've, yeah, yeah, I've heard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. where you like, you you know, if they got a new car, you feel like, oh, my, I have to have a new car so that we can like look mm. as like as successful as our neighbors and, you know, pretend like everything's okay. And my dad has a little bit of that 50s mentality of like, don't let anybody know we're freaks. And I'm like out here being like, we're freaks. Like, <laughs> we're weirdos. Um, but my mom, I think. I think my mom really appreciates what I do. I think she mm. genuinely likes it, but then also is kind I don't want to say she's jealous of the freedom, but I think she wishes she could she could have been that outspoken. Mm. Yeah. So so at 70% success rate at this point, are you still look trying to like will you will you stick with something if it's always 70% or will you not be happy until it's right up there? It depends that? because that's such a dark joke it's never gonna hit everybody. And it to pretend like it's not successful at 70% is to drive you nuts. You so might, yeah. I might tweak it a little bit, but to me, it's done. It's not yeah. for everybody. And the reason it was so hard is I was practicing it and trying to get it better when it was 10 minutes in hmm. at a, like a bar show. And of course they don't know me well enough and it's a huge twist. So course, the yeah. fact that now I can do it in an hour and it's successful enough, hmm. um, I, it's, because also with a bit like that, it's you're, you, it's almost taken out of your hands because you probably can't make it any funnier now that that skill wise. But depending on, it all depends on who's in the audience and how they take it, isn't it? If yeah, if they're, if they're extra sensitive to that topic, yeah, then it just might not work. But yeah, that's okay. That's interesting. Yeah, but if it's like something different, if we're talking about like I have a new joke about dentists, which to me is like kind of like a hack topic but I'm trying to give my perspective. I went to the dentist for the first time in five years and they try and like, I, you know, you guys have health insurance. We really don't. And then dental isn't included in health insurance. So I went to get my teeth cleaned uh, literally two weeks ago. And that's like $200 by the way, just to give context. And she was like, okay, you need to get x-rays. Just for cleaning. Just for cleaning. Yeah. Wow. 
So I didn't do it for five years. Of like, course. <laughs> and like you? my whole, like I have a whole bit about going through a breakup during the pandemic. And I was like, I, so I decided to get my teeth cleaned. I'm back on the market. I was like, let's clean it up, Liz. Like, let's make an effort. Um, but she goes, oh, you're way overdue for x-rays. And I was like, oh, no, thank you. I was like, no, thank you. And she was like, but you have to get them. I was like, oh, is it free? And it's she's like, like isn't it? Yeah. And I was, and she's like, no. And I was like, I literally was like, are you kidding me? Like, Last time I was here, you found four cavities and I needed two root canals. So I cannot afford your bad news pictures, let alone your bad news picture results. Like I'm no longer paying for bad. And I go on this whole rant. So that part's starting to work. But then I have a deeper layer of like for us, for when you have health insurance, your health insurance is just your body. It often doesn't include mental health. It doesn't include dental and it sometimes either doesn't include eyes or you, you can get your eyes checked every other year. So then it's me going on a rant of like, why is my brain, my eyes and my teeth not a part of my body? Like, so that is like the first part of it's working. And then I have probably mm -hmm. two or three more layers that I'm still kind of trying to figure out. And, yeah. and I, I and I don't want it to be this typical dentist joke where you're like, Oh, you're scared of the dentist. I was like, no, I can't afford the dentist. Yeah. Like, why, why I, and I, I guess in the States, everyone can relate to that as well. Because exactly. It, that's an be, everyone has. And I'd be curious. I feel like, you know, even before Trump, our shitty system was understood enough. Like, I have a line in one of my mm. jokes about going to therapy. Let me see if I can do it out of context where I go, um, my mid-20s, um, um, my mid-20s, I started to go to therapy. My mid-20s, I realized my parents... I don't know if I can do it out of context, but I basically, uh, I basically have a line that I say, um, I, I basically, I paid somebody out of pocket to raise me as a way of saying that's like what I did for therapy. And this term right. out of pocket is really funny in the US. It does mm. not work in the UK. They don't, oh, really? it doesn't, even though I think you guys are starting to talk about mental health. And I think even though you guys understand that we don't have universal health care the term out of pocket is such a um it's funny in a way of like i'm i'm paying at, out of my pocket to have someone raise yeah me. i so i get that that's because over here i think a lot of people do pay for therapy i think yeah that's interesting so you did try that over here yeah because it was one of my newer jokes when i was in the uk march of 2020 hey right I'm, sorry my cat's up i'm doing oh, a cool. podcast come here <laughs> She's like, Rare. this is that's pasta. Me. Pasta. Yeah. Oh, that's she's, nice. She's she's 16. She's got a little 16. Her, yeah, she's got a little cyst on her forehead. She's an old lady. Um <laughs> we had a sweet 16 for her party um a couple of weeks ago. So she's very really? loved. I bought her a dress. <laughs> um Have great. you spoke about that on stage? That sounds like a bit. Um, I posted pictures because my roommate's a fashion photographer and videographer. So I had all my friends come over and take pictures with her in her little sweet 16 dress. People have, <laughs> I talk about my cat a lot and I have a, mm. I actually came out with a book called Why Cats Are Assholes. So I have a very love. Oh, I saw a, yeah, I saw a tweet or or a, something about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so I, people know pasta. I'm actually like worried for others when she dies. Like I'm worried about myself because I've had her since I was 19. Mm. Um, but I'm I'm genuinely worried uh, about my fans because they burn, they're like how's pasta and I'm like she's sleep she's like 88 years old she's sleeping like she's always <laughs> sleeping now, um, but yeah I I I've realized with health insurance specifically like that kind of material, you would have to know 
just how fucked up it is in the US. And I think for the mm. most part, people have a, a rudimentary... We've got a, we've, yeah, we've got a good idea, I think. Yeah. You know, it's not universal. You know, people go bankrupt mm. because of it. So yeah. I'm curious to see when I talk about the dentistry stuff. And it's not like going to blow your mind. I'm basically just saying it's really expensive. And most people understand mm. if you guys have to go to a mechanic, you understand it's expensive. So I think for the most part, it should be fine, but it might not hit as hard because mm. everyone in the U.S. relates to the fact that dentistry is a luxury. Your teeth are a luxury item, yeah. even when you have health care. That's insane. Yes, yeah, madness, isn't it? That you, and then yeah. we have the audacity to make fun of your teeth. Uh, yeah, well that's, that? well, that's your angle in, isn't it? That, that should be... Yeah. When you do it over here, I guess that's your anger. Yeah, I could be like, all this is fake. I've had all this is got fucking root canals and caps and stuff. <laughs> that is mad that we're, t yeah. Why? So, you, do you, does that, the, the taking the piss out of our teeth come from movies and things like that, where the people in the movies have got perfect teeth because they've got so much money? Is that I, where that comes from? I actually don't know where it comes from because I've never really noticed. It doesn't make any sense if if most people aren't seeing the dentist in the states. No, the people just, are though. They're just. Oh. Yeah, and then just, the other thing paying. is, we, I, where I think it actually comes from, is we. Everyone I know has had braces, even when you're like, pretty like, don't have any money. Like we didn't grow up with any money. It's it really expensive to have braces, but there is this like oh, your teeth are crooked, you have to get braces. Uh, As opposed to like, I have a girlfriend that her teeth are like a little wonky and she's like, my parents were like, you can eat, you're fine. Like, <laughs> why does it matter? So I, not only did I get braces as a kid, I ended up getting Invisalign as an adult because I had a really bad overbite because I didn't do what I was supposed to do. And it just made me feel insecure. And I was like, fuck it, I'm going to be an adult with these like invisible braces. Mm. But I think culturally we put so much pressure on teeth and, and, and like orthodontists, like, I don't know. I just think that push culturally made us very dental focused, but also that yeah. you're supposed to, you're, if your kids don't go to college, you'll never get a good job and you're, you'll be a failure as a parent. If your kids don't have straight teeth, they will be ostracized and made fun of and they won't get married and have kids. Like, I think it's this like yeah. pressure that we've like, <laughs> with spending money on certain things mm. oh. so have you got the other bits that you uh you couldn't get to work over the years or recent bits i have there's this haunted house bit i've been working on since the beginning of the pan maybe not the beginning since last summer and it's had more iterations than any joke i've ever worked on and it's still just doing okay and the right. setup, the setup is funnier than the punchline. And it makes me so angry because that's kind of a habit I have is mm. I think of very funny premises and then I can't follow through. And yeah. I should, if I was a one-liner, I'd be a genius. So what I'm trying to say is your job is easier and you're so lucky. No, I'm saying that. But like, I do have pretty solid. So the premise is I feel like trying to date in your 30s is willingly accepting that you're going to purchase a haunted house no matter what and i go and everybody has like ev like i'm okay with a fixer upper but like nobody has the budget or the money for an exorcist and it's just like i want people to start giving very honest open houses and then where it starts to fall apart 
is I give an example. I was just like, so it's like when I go over to a dude's place, I want them to be like, okay, this is the living room. This is where I keep my abandonment issues. Over here is the bedroom. That's where I keep my wasted potential. And don't go in the basement. Uh, that's where I keep my childhood trauma. You'll start bleeding from the eyes immediately. And then I have like different things where I'm like, take a snack, take a snack. I made snacks, like trying to like mimic an open house in the US. Mm. First of all, I've barely been to any open houses. So maybe I'm just a moron. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, we don't. I don't. We don't really have open houses over here, but we know of it because of movies. Yeah, seeing it. All yeah, the like time a couple there. walks around, and they're so like, it's oh not actually God. a. So it's not actually a haunted house bit. It's haunted by your. Yeah, you're like it's like a therapy bit in the sense. Yeah. That like, like, okay. And like, it's when I say it's gone to every iteration. I had. I was talking about me as a haunted house. I was talking about dudes as a haunted house. I was talking about how I fixed myself, and other dudes haven't fixed themselves. You know, in my mind, it's just it really the the joke is about my fear now that I, like I'm 36 years old. I'm oh, single. Snap. Yeah. Oh, snap. <laughs> are you single? Yeah. Yeah. COVID. Yeah. yeah. Are you scared? Like there's a part of me that's like, I don't I don't care about marriage. I don't care about kids. I don't have this like typical lady fear and I don't mm. even care about being alone. I'm actually genuinely happy being alone. But my fear is when I do start dating again, is that I have been in therapy for 10 years. I know what sucks about me pretty well. Mm. And I'm working on it. And like, I've gotten better. And like, but I, I understand I'm on a podcast. Um, <laughs> she's like, Rang. I mean, the truth is I should have fed her, but she was sleeping. Um, um, I love the way you talk to her. Yeah, no, she knows, she knows. <laughs> We've lived together for, for 16 years. Um, so um, I, I my, it must seem weird to the cat that you got headphones in, so she can only hear your voice. So it's, she just thinks you're going mad. I talk to myself a lot. I think oh, she's, okay. I what what does really bother her? She was never like this until the pandemic. She hates me staring at my phone like for hours or staring at the screen for hours. So if I'm just oh. like in bed or like walking around if i'm cooking she's fine but if i sit here for hours doing podcasts or working on my computer she'll cry at me and like she she's worried about your not the fact that you can't get your eyes tested only once every exactly. two years so yeah she was just like come <laughs> on man like i know you already wear glasses but i think i think my fear my legit human fear like not a joke is that i've sucked for a while. I even have a, a other joke about not being dateable for like, I just started being dateable like five years ago. Like, so mm. I feel like I'm starting to understand who I am, be the person I want to be in a relationship the same way I've learned to be who I want to be on stage. And I feel good about myself. And I don't feel like, I feel like anybody that's on that level figured that out years ago and they're with yeah. somebody. Um, or what is left are just these dudes that cannot figure it out. And I'm tired. I'm tired of raising dudes. I'm tired of wasting. <laughs> I'm busy. I'm touring. I have a, I have yeah. a cat. I'm raising a cat. So do you think this is going to be, so this, the haunted house idea is, it feels like this is a bit of a bit, like there's a bigger bit here about the whole dating at mid thirties. Cause, cause everything you said then seems like lots of, little shoot off points you can go into yeah. around the topic is that are you going to start looking at doing that sort of thing or so, just i've tried so many the beginning has stayed the same for 
a year now and I've tried a million different endings. This is the strongest iteration, but it's still pretty bleh. So I'm either going to... Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Completely remove the ending again or start differently and make the, make the, the premise the punchline because yeah, it does yeah, better yeah. anyway. So mm. I, I just have to like figure out how I would go into it um, or connect it to, I do have a couple of lines, like I have a bunch of breakup jokes now and stuff like that. Mm. So maybe learning how to attach it to something else. Um, but I, I think, I think just changing, I do a lot of like just moving shit around to fix stuff. And that's always been really helpful. And do you go to new material nights to do that? Or will you do that in a proper set set? I do both actually. So I mm. do tons of like, so every Monday at the cellar. So the cellar, um, comedy cellar in New York city, they have the regular cellar. Then they also own the village underground, which is around the corner. And then above the village underground is a bar called the fat black pussycat. And that seats like 70 people. And on Mondays they do new, new joke nights. So I'll do that tonight. Like I'll work on my dentist joke and probably this joke tonight with a different idea. Then um, bar shows, if they don't pay me, I always do new jokes. Like, mm. you don't, if you're not going to pay me, I'll do whatever the fuck I want. That's yeah, yeah, how yeah. I feel. Um, and then when I headline, I started doing this like two years ago because I started to build a pretty big fan base. So most people coming to see me know me. I'll do about 50 minutes. Then I'll be like, hey, can I try some stuff that's not going to go well? Yeah. And they're usually into it. And I sometimes it goes well. Sometimes it bombs completely. And I go, I told you what was going to happen. Like, mm. this is where they all start. And then I'll do a couple jokes at work just so they don't have a bad taste in their mouth. So yeah, I yeah, do yeah. a little That's bit right. of all of it. Liz Miller! 
Hashtagawuga. So this is Miele. Wow. <laughs> doesn't rhyme with a wuga. No, it doesn't. You'd really try to like retroactively I, make I, it work, but it didn't work. Yeah, no, I was trying my best. I, if I'm honest with you, I was doing the um I was doing the bit we do at the end of this the extra oh, yeah, yeah, podcast. Yeah. And I was about to go into that bit and then I realised I was on the wrong bit. You're on the wrong show. So, that's all right, Mark. Yeah. You've had a week off. You're yeah. out of practice. I know. I know. I know. And that's not my fault. It's my though. fault. That's your it's fault. fault. And I'm glad, you know, you got your, you're holding your hands up and I'm not going to have a go at you about it, Joel. But I'm glad that you can accept that it's all your fault. I do. I do. Um, yeah. Okay. Great podcast. Any um, feedback, let us know at Jokes with Mark. Um, go and check out Liz's um specials on youtube um very very good watch just type in her name and there they are um patreon.com for slash jokes mark check out all the content over there uh anything more from you joe anything more from me mark anything more from you mark nothing more from me joe hashtag Aruga, everybody Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.